God's beloved people, grace to you and peace on this holy night from God, our Creator, and from Christ, our Savior. Amen. It's good to be together here tonight in this place. I know that it took a lot to come out in the cold and make your way through the snow this evening to worship. We are part of a larger gathering this evening, not just those who are in this room, and not just those who have gathered and will gather across the four services tonight at St. Mark's, but part of this global communion of people across the world throughout this evening who have tuned our ears and opened our hearts to the ancient promises of God. Christmas is such a full holiday, isn't it? Not just full of activity, but full of meaning. For many of us, it means spending time with those who are dearest to us, family, friends. This time of year can be a reunion of sorts. I've seen so many college students already um, on home from break who are here. I've heard about troops coming into Joint Base Lewis-McChord throughout this day to be with their families. For many of us, Christmas means traditions, rituals that are unique to the season, certain foods and activities. Perhaps this service itself, this candlelight service, is one of those traditions for you. For some, Christmas may mean an intensified sense of grief or loneliness this year. It's something that's hard to talk about in this season that's supposed to be the hap happiest season of all, but we know that it's true. There are many in our congregation this year who have lost loved ones or are going through extraordinarily difficult times. You are not forgotten in the midst of this celebration. When we come together tonight, we bring the full range of human experience with us joy and sorrow, hope and fear. There is room here for all that we bring. And we gather around this story from Luke's Gospel. It is arguably the most familiar story in the Bible, at least in the top five, I'm sure. It begins with a royal announcement. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be enrolled. If we listen carefully, we might hear just a hint of irony in this sentence. All the world? Really? Emperor Augustus had enormous power and boundless ambition for sure, but he was not in charge of all the world. The gospel writer knew that, and we know it, because we know where this story is going, and we know that it does not begin with a decree from Caesar Augustus. This morning in worship, we read from the first chapter of Luke's gospel. It contained another announcement made with very little fanfare to an audience of one, a teenage girl, most likely a peasant. The words didn't come from a king, but from God's messenger, Gabriel. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive in your womb and bear a child, and he will be named Jesus. 
He will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord will give to him the throne of his ancestor, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. It's a study in contrasts, this Christmas story. Caesar's voice, God's voice. Caesar's plan for the future, God's plan for the future. Caesar's domination, God's faithfulness. The child born of Mary would be a different sort of leader. His concern would not be conquering, but healing, saving people from all that held them in bondage, all that separated them from God and from each other. He would not clothe himself with the marks of power and wealth, but would make his home among ordinary, vulnerable people caught up in all that it means to be human. Like us, Jesus knew the love of family and friends. Jesus knew the challenge of family and friends. He knew joy and celebration, suffering and grief and loneliness. Jesus experienced all of this. He lived as Emmanuel, God with us, Remarkably vulnerable for a king, don't you think? And yet 2,000 years later, the Roman Empire has come and gone, and here we are, gathered with millions of people around the world to honor and praise Jesus the Christ. In taking on flesh and living among us, Christ revealed the depth and the nature of God's love for us. It is divine love, not imperial power, that carries this whole story. It is divine love that carries our stories as well. Being human is not easy. We all have bright angels and dark demons. We have vision and dreams and a capacity for creativity and goodness. Yet we get tangled up in our own messes, in structures of injustice and sin. Through it all, God's mercy never falters. God carries us through all that life serves up. Through our loves and our losses, God dwells with us. Not just as a baby in a manger, but as our Savior, the light that no darkness can overcome the one in whom our past is redeemed and our future is secure. Every year I'm struck by the tension I experience during this season. On the one hand, Christmas seems like it's all about the planning and the wrapping and the decorating and the ma making sure that the grocery shopping is done and the house is clean while digging deep for all the cheer and goodwill that one is supposed to have at this holiday. Yet in the middle of all of this stands this quiet story, the story of God in Christ choosing to make a home with us simply because God loves us. This is the good news that draws us here tonight, the quiet, resilient promise of God with us and God for us. No matter what circumstances you find yourself in this Christmas, no matter what chapter of life 
you are in, Christ meets you right there. He does not show up as a visitor, but comes to make his home with you. He comes as Savior, offering you healing, hope, and salvation. Thanks be to God for these most precious gifts, and Merry Christmas.